The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson, being very cleanly over there today, Ajay. Have you not? Have you not been alive since March, Eric? Do you know what's going on in this world? Herpes. Burpees? No, herpes. Uh, you want herpes? Because that's what that's what's going around right now, and it's uh, not good. Okay. Hey, uh, are you uh, you getting into the stock market? Yeah, I've been seeing these stories. Okay, yeah. So that's insane. Explain to me. Like a five-year-old, what exactly the fetch is going on? Because I'm a big GameStop guy. I I purchase my video games from GameStop. Loyal. So do I get a percentage of presidential flashcards for my uh, good work? Flashcards for your good work? Yes, presidential flashcards. That is green presidential flashcards, more specifically. So uh, I saw something earlier today. Someone tried to explain it. In layman's terms, there's like a practice from like these uh, hedge fund people do in Wall Street. Okay, what's a hedge fund? Like I, people I'm with lots you. and lots of money who try to guess sometimes for and oftentimes against businesses. Mm, yes, um, they buy a, a lot of stock, and um, then they sell it back, hoping to get. A little bit of a return on it. But the way things are going here uh, lately, uh, I guess it started with a Reddit group, uh, the website Reddit. Oh, Reddit. Got it. Yeah. So they like kind of banded together. Somebody found out that there was this hedge fund, this this group of, of people who, who spent a lot of money buying up a lot of stock for GameStop and AMC theaters. Okay. And basically saying, hey, we saw what these guys did. We're going to beat them at their game. And so usually you you buy it um, or you borrow against it. I can't remember all the details here. And again, I am not a qualified investor. I do not follow all these things. But you there's something that you do in the return, and when you sell it back, you've got a little bit of a, a profit there on, on what happens. Uh, and you do that on a large scale, and it becomes a more significant deal. But what these guys are doing is that they've effectively driven up the price dramatically on this. And so rather than being able to turn it around for a profit, these big hedge fund people are just getting killed because the value of it's just going crazy up. And so they're on the hook for a lot more to to turn it back over. Mm. So it's costing them millions and millions and millions of dollars. In fact, one of the companies had to declare bankruptcy within like just a, like a day just because how much this turned totally upside down on them. So is it Reddit's fault or is it the hedge fund's fault or like whose fault is it that this all came crumbling down? Well, really, the other way I heard somebody say it is that like it's the, the stock market is, is played like a casino but some people know the rules better than others, mm. and they're able to manipulate the rules better than others. Okay. And so this Reddit group was able to understand that and then beat them at their own game. Wow. 
kind of like the scene in Trading Spaces. Never seen it. But I was thinking about like Wolf of Wall Street. Maybe we should just air that. Uh, probably not. Why not? From what I've heard of that. We have the, the beep button going all the time. Well, we, we could fix that. We could just beep everything that Leonardo or Leo DiCapo, whatever Wait, his name is. This is a says. sports show. This is not a stocks show. So I was just curious because it's trending on Twitter. I know, like, even like athletes are tweeting about it, and I have no idea what we're talking about. I go to GameStop for one reason video games. And to hang out with other. Oh, one time I went to GameStop, dude. There was this kid in a major argument with some adult about Star Wars. It was nuts. And that, I, that's when I realized I'm an immature person. But it is worth it to go to GameStop to get me well, a game. What was the argument? Oh, I don't know. Uh, it was something about like Schmeagel and um, Dumbledore and then uh, like Harry Potter. And they're going at war like on Mars or something. But no, 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 about. they're going on war for like another girl. What was it like? Uh, Prince, uh, P- Prince Linda? Yeah. Or something like that. Anyways, they were livid with each other. It was a very intense, not very educational. That's for sure. Uh, I'll tell you what else is educational. Go ahead and say my new nickname. What's my new nickname? The Ringmaster. No, no, no. We've passed on. The Deflator. We, no, definitely no. Remember the other one we talked about? Baby Goat. Okay, that's actually pretty good. I like that one. <laughs> Come on. You want to say it. Come on. Play around. <laughs> Jinxy. <laughs> I did it again, Eric. I spoke it into existence. But I did it in a different way. I was able to speak it in the opposite way. I was able to take a negative power and boom, shove it into positivity. Really? Yes. Wow. Yes. So you're welcome. Okay. How did you use Jinxie as a force for good? Well, a couple of things. <laughs> I used Jinxie. Uh, I forgot. That's my call. <laughs> we can talk later. <laughs> uh, Aggies last night Impressive Incredibly impressive uh, It's good to see Raleigh Wooster The advertised Raleigh Wooster Play the way he did uh, Nearing a triple-double uh, What was he, a rebound short or two rebounds short? Uh, he was a uh... Oh, I have it oh, No, I have the... What's the Prince? Man, had what... the song Prince? Yeah, you're going to party like it's 1999. Oh, it's off of Batman, yeah. No, it's not off of Batman. Yeah, it is. That song, yes it is. That's Dude, it's when Jack Nicholson and his crew go storming into the museum and throw paint all over like the pictures. Have you seen the original Batman with Michael Keaton? Yeah, I don't remember that You don't remember song. that? No. They, yeah, they, they remember because they set the Batman's girlfriend up, Kim Bessinger. Or is that Nicole, Nicole Kidman? No, they, it's Bessinger. Big preacher is Nicole Kidman, but they set her up, and uh, it wasn't Nicole Kidman. And they set her up for like a dinner because he's supposed, she's supposed to be on a date with Michael Keaton. Michael doesn't know about it because it was set up by the Joker. And remember, he walks in with the purple hat, purple suit, and then he gasses everybody at the museum, and then like kicks the doors open. Someone help me on the text line. 
435-339-0321. Kicks the doors open, and he plays this song, Party Man, by Prince. Well, that's a different song. No, it's not. It's the exact same song. Wait, no, wait, is it? Party Man? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Okay, anyway. Oh, oh, wait, you're talking about a different song. I don't know. Yeah, we're going to party like it's 1999. Oh, yeah, that one. Because you yeah. had 1999. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of an awkward music video, by the way. His dance moves are not great. Um. Anyways, yeah, anyways, uh, great stuff from uh, Raleigh. Uh, great stuff from all five starters, actually. I thought Bean, Keta, Miller, Wooster were all really good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I thought everybody came to play. I thought Raleigh really set a, a, an important tone early. Uh, getting, to the, getting to the hoop, uh, he made some threes. Brock was able to hit some threes later. Uh, I like that Nimi wasn't... Not that he was struggling, but he just wasn't really in the flow early. And then they had some throw him down to the low block. Let him get one in easy. And then here's an alley-oop. And then he was engaged, and he was having fun, and he was excited. And then he was blocking shots and and grabbing rebounds. And he came alive. So just how the whole thing came together, uh, really impressive. And one of the things I think really stood out, listening to the, uh, Coach Smith and even Raleigh afterwards, was uh, how uh, he really wanted to go to more of a set, more set plays. Yeah, not fast break and just run freestyle offense. Yeah. Um, I'm, I don't know how you've labeled these, if it's in here, <laughs> but I know that he's talked about how the with freedom comes responsibilities. Yeah. And if you don't, if you're not going to do it right, then that freedom may be taken away from you a little bit. We're just going to say, here, run this set play. Uh, and that helped with with the turnovers. It helped them understanding where they're supposed to be on the court, and yeah. things flowed a lot better. Which for the you're right. That's, a, that's another key point you, you bring up is that they were able to help them out with. Uh, I mean, what they had 13 turnovers compared to the 17 that they had the night before and or two nights before, and got rocked by. I mean, they just I mean, UNLV put them to bed with all those turnovers, and that was a major problem. But the set plays really did help. Yeah, I crossing my fingers that this is. Eric, it's titled like something this, something set plays. No, it's not. Push play. So we'll, You're we'll welcome. push play and see if he talks about it. <laughs> set plays. Um, not a ton of stuff schematically. Uh, it did seem like we were here for about a week. I mean, it's a, the, the four days when you're here, it, you know, when you're on the road, it, do, it does add up. And it seems like a long time when you've never really done this before. And certainly when you lose the first one, um, it even makes it a lot longer. But uh, and then the eight o'clock start or nine o'clock, you know, for you guys. So, uh, but we had a good practice yesterday. It's not like we went for a long time. I mean, we're, we're on the back end here of six games in 14 days. Uh, obviously we had the four and eight days and now you add this. And so it's hard to get, you just got to be smart with your practice time. And that's, what's always difficult is practice keeps you sharp. Um, it, you can really sharpen the iron with certain things. You can really fine tune certain things. And when you play that many games in that amount of time, it's it's um, it's just you got to really pick your poison, so to speak. So we we obviously did a lot of shooting yesterday. Um, we did some breakdown stuff on you know how we were going to guard certain actions where we were hurt on and and still trying to anticipate what are some new things they can throw at us. So 
Um, but our guys had a really good look to them. This is a really tight knit group. It's a tight knit team. And so, um, but you know, when you, when a lot of these guys are going through this whole thing for the first time, this time of year is kind of that time of year where it's a little bit of the dog days. And as a coach, you're always looking out for that kind of stuff and trying to keep your minds right and your bodies right. And this will be good to have a couple of days to kind of get away, I think mentally and physically to, to recharge and uh, come back with a flourish. Yeah, Aggies benefit from having a full week of not having any yeah. formal basketball activities. At least it's not a game. Um, Six days off, the problem is they got to go back on the road again and play Fresno. Like, it's just, that's a grueling. I mean, I know you got six days off, but yeah, if, if six it was, days traveling. If it was play Tuesday, Thursday next week at Fresno, mm -hmm. then I think that'd be a bigger problem. But it's later in the week. Aggies get a chance to come home collect themselves, get a little bit of a break physically. It's good that they got the win before this break because they can have a little more confidence coming to this break and what they can work on, know that they're still in the hunt. Boise State lost last night, so their opportunity to still be at the top of the Mountain West Conference is still there. But getting to what he said earlier, they didn't really change a whole lot coming into this game other than putting up a lot of shots like we thought that they would do. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was interesting how it's uh, more of this emphasis on set plays. And uh, Raleigh Worcester talked about that as well, about how that offense seemed to run a little bit more smoothly last night for the Aggies. Yeah, you know, I think when you look at the first game, our offense wasn't flowing really well, and we weren't moving the ball uh, like we normally do as a team. And so I think just with a couple more sets here and there throughout the game helped us just get easy, quick ball movement. Even if we didn't get something on the first look, we at least had the ball moving side to side. Um, and it's contagious, you know, after that. We keep moving it more, making an extra pass. Um, and those are the best type of plays for us. I think that was good. That Works. really helped cut down turnovers. It helped them with their spacing. Uh, it were, you know, in game one against UNLV, they had looks. Last night, they had looks. The difference is that those shots went down. Um, I really like the play of uh, uh, how that bench came together for Utah State. Now, he rode, rode with his starters a lot more. Um, last night, but I, I thought Barstow was more under control. I thought he was more um, in control of what needed to be done in, in the flow of the offense and defensively. I thought defensively he was really good. I thought he played some really good, solid minutes defensively. And uh, Anderson played a little bit in the first half, but uh, saw some more significant time in the second half and uh, went right to work when yeah. he was in there. Yeah, but I'm with by you. and large, the biggest thing that Coach Smith said uh, uh, after the game, after the loss, was the, on Tuesday, was that uh, you know we we may look at a few things, evaluate personnel and a few things like that. But what we saw last night is that he's going to go with the guys that he, he trusts has a little more trust in. Yeah, absolutely. And you saw Alfonso. He, I mean, but you mainly saw the starters. And I think Al asked about that. Is look, I, we saw a lot more starters playing besides, with the exception of Alfonso, than you usually have. Well, and we talked about that too. That may be a possibility that with this long yeah. break that he may ride his starters a little bit longer because he knows he's got more time for them to rest. How about Shulga getting some PT in the last two games too? Well, yeah, he saw the court, but it was for just seconds. Does it? Does yeah? But he saw it for minutes in the in the game against UNLV. But then he's I mean he saw it for a, a little bit here against in game two. Like you, come on, he wasn't playing in case in case oh, unless there was a blowout. And now he's playing like in the middle of a game. Uh, 
Tuesday, he played just in the last minute. It was crucial minute, though. Because he had a shooting ability. They were looking for th- someone who could shoot threes. Yeah. And he only played a minute of game time last night, which, okay. Still played. Right? Still, he's seeing the court. Can't fault the guy for that. Yeah. But um, Raleigh Worcester, tremendous performance by him. Unreal. 19 points, 9 rebounds, 9 assists, 3 steals, only 1 turnover. And we've talked about turnovers, and that was key. Um, but uh, Smith had high praise for his <laughs> for his true freshman from um, from Hell's Gate, uh, Montana. Who really is from Provo, though, if you played in the rec league. <laughs> Provo Adult League. Thanks, Doug Gottlieb. So weird. We'll get to that in just a minute. But here's Coach Smith talking about his true freshman point guard. Well, Raleigh's a very good player, and you go through ups and downs. Any any person, regardless of what, you know, senior, junior, sophomore, freshman, but certainly as a freshman, there's, you know, we're asking an awful lot of him. And, um, you know, you could see he's been shooting it better in practice and, and um, sh- you know, shot it really well again yesterday. And, and so it just felt like it was a matter of time. And Raleigh's a super competitive guy. And um, um, I don't know, he just had a really good look to him. He was really poised, which he normally is. But he just kind of had that, and I loved how he was attacking and just making plays, whether it was for himself or others. And we need we need that dynamic out of him, um, you know, where he is not just a mover of the ball, where he can uh, because he's an offensive weapon. I mean, he can do a lot of different things, and um, got to go in early, hit that little pull up J to the left in the first half, and. Um, but for whatever reason, and, and people don't understand, like he's also guarding a really, uh, a really good player on the other end of the floor as well most nights. So he does both. Um, but tonight was just one of those nights, and, and maybe the game is slowing down a little bit for him, hopefully. And um, he just keeps progressing as we come down the stretch here in the last uh, month of the season, regular season. Yeah. Uh, Raleigh had been in a little bit of a funk. Yeah. As far as it- – Scoring points, but he you, was still out there working hard. But you know what's great about him is he kept shooting. Like yes. he he didn't stop shooting because he was like, oh, I can't make anything. He kept going to the rim. He got to the foul line. He would he take good open looks. He didn't stop playing his game, and that's what made him so good. And uh, I thought he was phenomenal. Nine three one five also points out Miller looked really good last night. Looked more mentally sound last night too. Yeah, absolutely. I thought Miller was absolutely phenomenal. That dunk at the end. Which, by the way, is not his first dunk of his Aggie career. He's had two before, so I had to correct something today on that. But, yeah, I thought Miller was really good. Yeah, Brock Miller, uh, five for nine overall, three for five from uh, three three-point range, uh, a couple of rebounds, an assist, and really some great defense. Um, their top guy, Hamilton, didn't get his first bucket until late in the second half. The wow. leading scorer in the Mountain West Conference finished with two points. Now, you know, Jenkins went nuts on the Yaggies, and they couldn't slow him down, but um, they really held their leading scorer in check. And I think you have to give Brock Miller a lot of credit for that. So uh, the great great job Utah State they did defensively, carried over from uh, the previous game, um, and uh, just really outstanding job by the Aggies last night against UNLV. And the way that they rebounded, uh, got back into a flow, and, uh, and really took care of business on the road. In a place that has traditionally been really, really hard for Utah State across whatever time period you want to look at. It's been traditionally, historically hard for Utah State to win in Las Vegas. And 3 of 19, 3 and 19 in Las Vegas when playing the Rebels. 
That's incredible. 3-19 and after that win. <laughs> that tells you what it's been like for the Aggies to have to go to try and win the, a game against the, the running Rebels over there in Vegas. And like you said, it was a must-win game. They got it. Boise State lose to Colorado State last night, so they make up some ground there. Um, you're in good position, you know, and now we get down the stretch here of the uh, Mount West Conference season. Uh, you, you need to sweep Fresno. You better sweep Wyoming, and then here comes Boise, and we'll go from there. So the current standings, Boise State is 9-1. and one. They have another contest with Colorado State coming up. Is that tomorrow? Uh, yeah. Or is it Saturday? Yep. No, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Um, Utah State's 10-2. and two. Colorado State's 9-2. and two. Uh, San Diego State's five and three, Nevada five and four, Wyoming four and four, <laughs> UNLV is now three and three. Um, so that's kind of where we're looking at the standings right now in the Mountain West. Curiously, uh, net rankings and the um, um, what's his name, Ken Pomeroy, uh, the way he puts his uh, rankings out there are are different. The Ken Palm rankings as of today. Have San Diego State at 28, Utah State at 48, Boise State 64, and Colorado State 66. And you contrast that with the net rankings from the NCAA, which really what the committee looks at most. Boise State drops to 24 with the loss. San Diego State's at 30. Colorado State moves up to 40 with that win. And Utah State's at 55. So I'm curious how different... Uh, they uh, value different metrics and how they all come out. Bottom line here, though, is Mountain West still has four teams that are in the hunt um, and uh, making it interesting. It's going to make uh, make it really interesting for the selection committee. Uh, but as we know, there's still a lot more basketball to be played in the Mountain West Conference. There's still going to be some movement there. Uh, let's do this, Ajay. We're going to call a timeout here in the Full Court Press. When we come back... Uh, You've got an interesting interview coming up. Yeah, good friend of mine and a uh, Green Canyon, uh, I guess now former Green Canyon assistant baseball coach, Ethan Watson, uh, has dabbed his hand in the children's book world and has had his uh, first book, uh, A Boy and His Elephant, published. We talked about his book, how it came about, and a little bit of baseball from a diehard Red Sox fan who's going through a couple of tough years. (laughs) All right, so that's coming up here on the Full Court Press. We'll also get into our pick six. Can't wait to beat you this time. Six things we think might happen this weekend. Will you throw it for me again? And uh, Is that a yes? I don't, I don't know. We'll see what, what the lines are. <laughs> see what the lines are. Um, and then uh, we'll, we'll see how Aj did on some of his guarantees. Because the Jazz played last night. The Aggies played last night. Colorado State played last we night. We don't need to talk about it. We'll get into the guarantee situation. How well is that working? We don't need to talk about it. For AJ Salveson. That's coming up on the Full Court Press. Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. All right, now joining me here on the Full Court Press is former Green Canyon assistant baseball coach, good friend of mine, Ethan Watson. Ethan has uh, dipped his hand in the children's book world and saw his first book published. Ethan, it's good to hear your voice. Hello, and how are you? Good, Ajay. How you doing? Doing well. Hey, uh, let's start here. By the way, are you still on the coaching staff for baseball, or are you retiring, or what's what's the deal there? <laughs> 
I don't know if I'd call it retiring. No, I'm I'm not not uh, on the staff any longer. I had to step away as I started graduate school. So, well, and now you're getting into the celebrity life too. Uh, you have now the author of your first book in a new series of of children's books. Uh, first one, a boy and his elephant. For, so, tell me about. First, like being a part of the process, the behind-the-scenes work, and getting to this point of having a children's book published. Yeah, so it's been a pretty good uh, experience. I've had a lot of help along the way from uh, some good advisors, and uh, particularly Paul Parkinson, who's helped guide me through the process a little bit. Um, you know, there's a lot more to it that you never think of uh, after you write a book, and um, the process of getting it formatted and uh, illustrated and then printed and uh, published and everything. So it's been a, it's been a process, but it's been a good one and uh, excited that we're finally here and able to now distribute these books. When did the idea start for this book and how long did it take to, to get out and get published? Yeah. So I think um, initially I wrote it in the summer, probably during Oh, July-ish of uh, 2020, and we just got our first shipment, uh, so from conception to now having the books in hand, that was December 15th, so July to December 15th. What was it like to see the book that you wrote published, like in a book format, hardcover and everything? What was the first time you set eyes on it? What was that like for you? It was really exciting. Um you know, it was it was a long wait. We'd actually initially planned receiving the book uh, prior to Thanksgiving and um, at the start of November. And so after weeks of going back and forth and uh, issues, a little bit of uh, some issues with the shipping and getting the supplies and then a breakdown of machinery and uh, kind of a frustrating process there. But finally getting the books um, was really exciting. It was really exciting. I think they came together really nice. Um, and it's pretty fun to see that all come together. So The first book in this series is titled uh, A Boy and His Elephant. And it, it's a very simplistic book, but it has a great message about it because it's a boy who's trying to get to know, or at least seek to know, God. Yeah, so I definitely don't claim to be any kind of um, wise guru or preacher or anything like that, but... Uh, a lot of these experiences, as as readers can find out, and they'll they'll come to know in the uh, start of the book. I even left a little note to the uh, readers about my experience, and so my experience is mirrored in the book. And one of the things that I always think is um, really nice is when answers are simplified and uh, really complex questions and questions that grow increasingly. Uh, difficult to answer as you grow older, um, don't always require complex answers. And so, in fact, I think a lot of times adults, we um, underappreciate how good a simple answer is and can be good in our lives. And so simplifying it down so that um, people of all ages can understand it is uh, something very important because it's a very unifying thing and it um and it's awesome because it shows that you don't have to be uh wise and old to um 
know God in this way, and you can uh, go find him whenever you're ready. Why share the message at this time? You know, I think it came from uh, a little bit of frustration with just so much negativity. Uh, daily life was being canceled day after day, um, and, uh, you know, the political hemisphere is just filled with negativity, and um, I think that there need there is a need for positive media and um, a little bit of uh, turning back to some of the more important things in life than daily rigmarole in the uh, um, trenches. Uh, tell me about your illustrator, Jessica Talbot. Um, she's a sixth grade teacher in Smithfield uh, and working with her and her putting the art together. Yeah, Jessica's awesome. She, uh, she did an incredible job. Uh, as I set out to get this illustrated, um, because I have no <laughs> artistic capability whatsoever, um, was a little bit of a, a journey and a little overwhelming. I, I kind of put it out there to several of my family members and friends and saw um, kind of what they could do. And I was getting frustrated as I wasn't quite seeing... Um, what I wanted, and I didn't know exactly what I wanted, but I, it was one of those, I'll know it when I see it. And um, Jessica sent me back her first take on the cover photo and uh, the cover illustration, and I knew that she was going to be the one. And so um, we worked and developed a little more off of it, and uh, she was really great and, and uh, did the rest of the illustrations, and she captures the um, importance and the weight of the message, just really great. Uh, you've graduated with a bachelor's degree in communicative disorders and deaf education. Uh, you're working on your four-year graduate program. you got all these great things that you're doing. Is there any similarity between your degree and your schooling and this book? Just, uh, I mean, and putting this book together, I should say. You know, I don't know if there's a direct correlation. Um, I definitely um, have a soft spot for for kids. Um, you know, as I work to become a pediatric audiologist and work with these kids every day, um, in my very short career, that's all I've done is uh, work with, with kids. And so I've worked in preschools and daycares and um, coached and... Um, it's just, it's a passion of mine, and so being able to communicate to them and share with them is um, is pretty awesome. Ethan Watson, former Green Canyon assistant baseball coach, joining me here now, an author, I know a celebrity, it's pretty cool, uh, author of The a Boy and His Elephant. It's one of the, uh, it's the first of a new series of children's books that uh, Ethan is putting together. Hey, do you have an idea or a thought for a second book to come out? Yeah, so we've been working on a second book. Um, I guess I, I'll, I'll tell you the name of it. It's called A Boy and His Buffalo. And uh, it'll address another uh, life question. And uh, we're working on that right now, and we're trying to uh, gain some traction with this first book so that we can bring the second book and hopefully more after that. Uh, I do got to talk baseball with you. I know you're not a big baseball fan, uh, at least not in the last two to three years, being the Red Sox guy that you are. Uh, but I do got to ask, the Baseball Hall of Fame for the first time since 63, I believe, has announced that they will not 
elect anybody into the Hall of Fame. And that includes Kurt Schilling, of course, part of that important uh, Red Sox Corps who won the uh, 04 World Series. Do you agree or disagree with this? Give me your take. Oh, well, you know, uh, Jay, I, Kurt Schilling should be in there, no doubt, um, with a picture right next to his bloody sock. And uh, to do what he did and have the career that he did um, was was pretty great. And so, yeah, I, I do think he should have been in the Hall of Fame. But, um, you know, you don't have to get in the Hall of Fame to be remembered. And uh, Red Sox Nation will cherish him forever. So, You know, things get kind of interesting next year with the Hall of Fame. As you look at the, uh, uh, the ballot, I mean, you're going to add on uh, Rodriguez, of course, one of your uh, nemesis, and David Ortiz, one of your favorite players, I guess, when they play for the Red Sox, which will be on the 2022 ballot. Uh, when you look at David Ortiz and his resume, is there any doubt that he's a first ballot Hall of Famer or with everything that's gone on, do you think there's a chance he could be left off? Well, I mean, he shouldn't. Uh, what he's accomplished in his career, especially in the postseason, uh, I mean, he's a he's a no-doubter. And so, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know the inner workings of how the Hall of Fame works and all that. I'm just a, a simple fan. But, yeah, David Ortiz is uh, for sure a no-doubter. Ethan, how can people find your uh, first book, A Boy and an Elephant? The best, the best place to go and uh, find it. Of course, we're uh, uh, we're branching out. We've got some outreach on Instagram and Facebook that you'll be able to find if you look up the book. But the best place to go is www.walkwithanelephant.com, and that's going to uh, give you your best options for getting the book or learning more about it. Awesome, Ethan. It's been a joy to talk to you. Good to hear your voice again. I know it's been a little bit of it. Congratulations, by the way, Mr. Newlywed, to your beautiful wife, Nikki. Uh, hope all is well there, and we'll be talking to you soon down the road. Yeah, thank you so much, RJ. It was great. Yeah, uh, Ethan's, a, Ethan's a good friend of mine. I greatly appreciate him. And I've, I've read the book. He actually gave me, uh, Eric, I got a signed copy from Ethan of A Boy oh. in His Alpha. And I want, so what I want you to do, if you lose pick six, Guess what you have to do? You have to read me that story while I'm laying down in your cubicle about getting ready to take a nap. You have to read me the book. Want me to turn the little heater on and yes. make it nice and cozy? I Tuck me in and then read me the story. If you lose pick six, that's what you got to do because your gifts are getting worse and worse by the loss. So that is my that is what you will be giving to me. You're making it hard for me to try to throw this one for you. Now you now you got to try. <laughs> uh, pick six coming up next then? Let's do it. Okay. And then we'll talk more about the Aggies, their win over UNLV. Love to mm. get your reactions. 435-339-0321. Yeah, where is everybody today? And your reactions to the Jazz win. How did the Jazz do without Derek Favors? I told you they Without struggle. Donovan Mitchell. We'll see how uh, – we'll see what Ajay really – had to say about those you games don't even and their have outcomes. receipts we'll talk about it coming up next in the full court press it's the full court press with Eric Frenson and AJ Selvison 9463 <laughs> is it time to consider Tom Brady the best athlete of all time I'd put MJ and then I'd put Tom Brady again MJ never lost true but MJ walked away from the game a couple of times Michael Jordan went and won three in a row left the game went and played baseball came back and then won three in a row again if Tom Brady were to leave, go play baseball, come back, Tom Brady would not be the same player. Weekdays from 4 to 6, 
93.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. It's the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Ajay Salveson. That was a nice, fun conversation that you had. That yeah, you that was cool. Ethan, uh, Ethan's awesome, and he's a good dude, too. And, you know, uh, he's a heck of a baseball coach, by the way, and he probably could have had a career in that if he wanted to. He was smart as, I mean, all get out. You know, I might have been the coach of the year and winning my uh, team a, a freshman region championship even with a kid who crapped his pants on the team, which is really impressive on my part. Um, but Ethan was uh, definitely the uh, best wingman I could have asked for during that uh, that span. So, yeah, no, Ethan's great. Did a but great said job. said he's not done. Book is great, yeah. He's, he's not done. Break. He's just taking a break, writing a couple, couple children's books. I'm excited to see yeah, what the Buffalo won't be about. I'm, uh, I'm a big Buffalo fan of Buffaloes. I, that used to be my favorite animal, actually. I read the book to Reggie, by the way. The uh, boy and his elephant, Reggie, got to hear it. He loved it. Yeah? Loved it. Absolutely loved it. I'm curious to know how you would even know how he reacted to that. But I asked. So, last night, a couple games were uh, going to happen. Boise State, Colorado State, yep. Utah Jazz, and the uh, the Mavericks. And, Ajay, you were, you were giving guarantees. Oh, okay. You were so determined. No, hold on. The way things were going to play out for these teams. Well, thank goodness our listeners, I, I, they might be busy today, driving around, getting some stuff done. Uh, so they they don't even know what happened last night, and that's okay. You know what? Should you we do be it? Kidding me? Should I? Don't make me do this. I'll do it too. I will pull out. There's always my audio, guarantee. <laughs> you didn't. Boise State's going to win by ten plus points in oh, game one. No. Boise State. Wait, is this a guarantee or is this that special magic trick where you no, speak things no. into existence? <laughs> Stop it. Don't you dare. <laughs> this is a guarantee. Boise State's going to win by 10 oh. plus. Oh. oh, there's a siren. <laughs> there's the siren. It would it would honestly help. Um. Okay, so my final score, I'm going to change that now. If Derek Favors is out. Okay, so now I... <laughs> We even Along have the jazz Donovan guarantee Mitchell. that you gave. How did you? Uh, let's go. Let's go 115 101 Dallas. 115 101 Dallas. Well, you've about got the score right. Just for, uh, the wrong team there. It was uh, 116 to 104. But it was for the Jazz. Okay, so uh, I think in the BSU game, I didn't clarify. I meant game two. Uh, no, you did not. <laughs> <laughs> We've game got two. video. No, not video. Audio evidence. Hey, you said our text line's dead, so uh, I must be good. 6891 replies, uh, oh, BSU fat. jersey. No, he's out. <laughs> Play the, this is 2417. Play the siren because the bombs have <laughs> dropped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fetch. Okay, okay. So, uh, Proof I'm is in the pudding. You cut that audio, you jerk. Eric, what happens? Colorado State 78, Boise State 56.
Way to go, Boise State. You did what we hoped that you would do for the best, for the good of the uh, uh, the, the betterment of the entire Mountain West Conference. Let Colorado State win. Because, right, that's the Boise State mentality, right? Do what's best for the conference. And in football, that is to let Boise State continue to win. And uh, for basketball, it is to get as many teams into the NCAA tournament as possible. Are you sure I didn't say game two? um, Sure. I'm positive. We were talking about games on the schedule for last night. Because I felt like I would have said game two. I'm pretty smart. I don't think I would have made game one because they hadn't even really seen each other. <laughs> Nine four six three. Ajay's guarantees are about as accurate as Paul Pierce and Charles Barkley. Oh, come on. <laughs> I can't believe you kept the receipts. That's brutal. Great game by the uh, the Jazz without Donovan. Uh, oh, my god. Jordan Clarkson was just unconscious in the first half. <laughs> Dude, they did that without Donovan and Derek. And I think they'll win tomorrow. The problem... <laughs> Uh, the problem is uh, they got to play Denver Sunday. Denver's going to be really tough. Denver's going to be a nightmare. We don't know how long Derek or Donovan are going to be out. Yeah, they're questionable for tomorrow from what the uh, Twitter report said. But, boy, what a fun game to watch. Yeah. Um, Dallas did kind of make a little bit of a run there. Like, you expected Jazz started them, throwing in all their subs, and Dallas is like, no, we're not done yet. And kind of made it a somewhat respectable game for the last couple of minutes, and then the starters had to come back and finish the deal. Clean it up. Yep. So, you know, I give credit to uh, that Coach Carlisle and that that uh, team not giving up because we've seen a lot of blowouts where mm-hmm. you get midway through the fourth quarter, if it's a double-digit lead, they'll just throw in the towel. Uh, there's been way too much of that happening in the NBA this year. Um, but give a lot of credit to Coach Carlisle and that squad saying, no, we're not going to lay down. We're going to keep fighting. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's impressive, uh, really impressive on the Jazz part. Again, without Donovan, everyone else stepped up. I thought Joe was really good. I watched. I didn't see the game. I just watched highlights. But Joe looked really good. Uh, what did he go seven to ten from deep? I think is that what I saw. Help me. Uh, if I'm... Yeah, he had seven of eleven. Wow. Hello. Are you sure I didn't say game two with voicing? I I feel like I would have. No, you did not. You were giving guarantees for that night. Are, did I say that night? I mean, I... Boise loses by 22. Thank you to your guarantee. 2417. Please. Second game? <laughs> yeah. Can Wait. I, I get a mulligan, right? Uh. <laughs> 3426. AJ's been listening to The Shack. <laughs> All right, all right, all right, all right. I'll do it. All right, I'm in. I'm. I'm good. Okay, okay. I'm. I. I'll find a Boise State jersey. Guys, they're really hard to find. They're sold out here in Utah. They are gone. I don't know where I'm gonna find one because they're never stocked. I'll. Fi- <laughs> I'll find one. Okay. I'll. I'll do it. I'll wear this Boise State jersey. Wait, I don't have to sing the fight song. Who brought that up? By yeah, the way? we decided we're not going to do the fight oh, song. Thank on the there. Lord. No, we do have limits. We have limits. <laughs> this is a family-friendly show. <laughs> <laughs> they don't deserve that. Uh, just, just real quickly on that Boise State, yeah, game. Yeah, Boy, how about Roddy? Hey, what? Yeah, what was his line? Uh, Twenty-seven points, one block, one steal, one assist, fifteen rebounds. 
nuts. Did, was he and that Stevens, good against us? Stevens was 12 points and 10 assists. Was he that good against us, Roddy? I don't remember no. him being that good. No. Aggies did a really good job of negating him. He didn't He didn't get going against the Aggies. Good night. And then, uh, speaking of which, not getting going, how about Hamilton last night just getting fried? Yeah. Great, I thought that was such a good defense effort. by the Aggies. I got to find a Boise State gear now. Oh, that's brutal. Three, four, two, six. Uh, they stopped making the jerseys when Harson went to Auburn. Fetch. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Dude, three, four, two, six is one text of the day. That's good. All right, I'll find a Boise State jersey and I'll wear it. I have to wear it for a day, right? That's it? It's for a day. Yep. Nine, three, one, five. Can we have more guarantees that help USU? The Bucks bandwagon would be proud. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> Bullies. 2787 says the jerseys are never in stock because they fly off the shelves as soon as they arrive. Guys <laughs> <laughs> uh, are brutal. All right. Um, I don't know if we're going to get into all of our pick six. We'll, we'll do Should this. we save it for the next? We'll save it for next hour. Well, yes, we do need to take a time out here in the full court press. Um, we'll, we'll get into our pick six. We'll t- hang on. It'll still be there. The six things we think might happen this weekend. We'll get into more about the Aggies and the Jazz. Uh, update on some Region 11 games last night. Not very many close contests in Region 11. We'll update you on all those standings coming up next here on the Full Court Press. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. I just want to make sure I have time to uh, get my picks in order, you know. And I don't want you. A.K.A. I still need to put mine together. Oh, oh yeah. What were you doing over there, huh? Uh, when yeah? we had a 10-minute interview, I was huh? making my own notes. That's what I thought. You know, when I'm, when I'm no, I, I want to make sure that you don't cheat and take the same picks as I do like you do with my stat. <laughs> uh you know that Tom Brady's my favorite player. You knew I was going to use that. Because you've been uh, a Bucks fan for so long. I have. I can tell you all the great players. Mike Allstott, Brad Johnson, Derek Brooks, Keyshawn Johnson, Darrell Revis. So last night in high school basketball, let's get right to uh, Region 11. You know, last Friday we had some great, great games. games. Oh yeah, triple overtime, another overtime, overtime, and then a rally was, game of being down by eight, and then yeah, still pretty close. Last night, not so much. No, uh, Logan really took care of Bear River, sixty-two to thirty-nine. Uh, Skyview dominating Green Canyon, seventy-nine to forty-nine, and then. Um, there was a uh, ridgeline just beating up on Mountain Crest, sixty-four to thirty-five. Not even close. Talk about blowout yeah. city. Holy cow! Okay, so would you dare say that there's Logan and Skyview right now at the top? I think Ridgeline's up there, but I think Logan and Skyview are the two more dominant teams right now so far in Region Eleven play. I agree. I think it's those two, and there's a gap, and then there's Ridgeline, and then there's a gap, <laughs> uh, and then there's 
Green Canyon, Bear River, and then there's a gulf yeah. the size of yeah. of uh, the Grand Canyon, and then there's Mountain Crest. Like they've competed in a couple of games, they just can't finish the job. That's and I think that's the most frustrating part. Watching them play is they they do they compete really 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 hard, and they just they don't know how to finish games at the end. And that's what that's that's been the biggest problem. Yeah, like last Friday they were. They were competitive. Like they made oh it an interesting gosh, game. Yeah, they yeah. were trying. They fought Bear River gave themselves the opportunities. Up by eight with like five minutes left. Again, it's just finishing the job. And if they do that, they're going to be fine. Okay, you so uh, you called the Mountain Crest Bear River game. Yeah. On Friday, uh-huh. you called the Logan Bear River game on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. What was the difference? Now you've seen Bear River twice, but you've seen different outcomes in these two games. Just quickly, your observations of, uh, is, is Logan really that much better? Yeah. Yeah, Logan can shoot from the outside. It's incredible. Tough was incredible yesterday. Uh, I, I thought Pentagon was in control. He didn't force anything. Sargent's a very good basketball player. He didn't play a lot of minutes in the second half, but you can see there's there's a lot of skill within him, um, and their bench is just flourishing right now, and that's something that Bear River could not keep up with, something that the Mountcrest Mustangs don't have, a bench. Skyview is the only four and and0 team in region play right now. Uh, Logan is three and one. Ridgeline's three and one. Bear River and Green Canyon one and three, and Mountain Crest zero for four. Uh, games pick up again tomorrow, and, and uh, during the full court press, we'll remind you who's playing where and how you can follow along on our family of radio stations and mobile apps. Coming up next hour, we'll get into our pick six. More about the Aggies' win at uh, at Las Vegas and the Utah Jazz doing it without Derek and Donovan. Stick around next hour. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The Texans reportedly have hired David Culley, and that should end the coaching carousel for this offseason. It's a surprising choice. He's 65 years of age, currently the receivers coach for the Ravens. He's never been a head coach or an offensive coordinator, but it's an especially important choice for the franchise. Star quarterback Deshaun Watson is not happy with the team, reportedly because he wasn't brought into the process of finding a new head coach. We'll see how Watson responds to this hire. Apparently, they got to know each other last Pro Bowl, but you have to imagine issues go deeper for Watson. Ownership and the top executives still set the tone for this organization, no matter who the coach is. The Texans are also reeling from the moves that gutted the upcoming drafts. Cully is walking into a tough spot. For him to have a chance to succeed, it would certainly help if Watson was on board. If not, David Cully will have his work cut out for him for quite some time. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Ajay Salveson, what's going on? You having a good Thursday? Okay, so here's the thing. You happy over there? Well... I was until you put the guarantee out. Now you got to I mean, walk around in a Boise people, State jersey. Nine three one five. Can Ajay name a star on the Broncos? If so, does that mean he's a lifelong Bronco fan? Yeah. Tim Tebow, Terrell Davis, John Elway, uh, Roland Jones, who by the way played at Utah State. Steve Atwater, Shannon Sharp. Oh, uh, so you've been a lifelong Broncos? No, because I hate the Broncos. I'm a Patriots fan. I'm not a Broncos fan. I hate the Just Broncos. because you can name I players think, who I had, who wore a Tampa Bay jersey no, does not mean you no, were a lifelong I've, Tampa oh, fan. Okay, no, that doesn't. I, I've been a lifelong Tampa Bay fan because I've always liked the Buccaneers. As soon as Tom Brady showed up on the scene. As soon as I was five. 
I was a huge fan of him. That newcomer, the Tom Brady who just showed up in Tampa. No, it was it was it was before that, long before that, long before that, and like days before that. And by the way, I I hate the Broncos. I don't think Peyton Manning's a first ballot Hall of Famer. So eat it, Bronco Nation. <laughs> Uh, nine four six three. Don't tempt the text line logic. Okay, so I called him out, and he says, "Mess with the bull." I called him out accidentally. Didn't mean to. And uh, they were out. They're they're, they're they, out. They got receipts. Almost sounds. I'm not a bandwagon fan. I'm a true Bucks fan. Okay, I went through the hard years. I know what it's like to suffer. Now, obviously, I'm not a diehard Steelers fan because I thought in 1995. Lynn Stallworth was playing for the Steelers. Lynn Swan. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> Happens to be that he played in 1973. <laughs> now, he's a bandwagon just, fan. Because he played, just a little off. Because he, he played in the Super Bowl era. He's a bandwagon guy. Uh, hey, great win last night by the Utah State Aggies. And uh, Raleigh Worcester had himself a heck of a game. 19 points, 9 assists, 9 rebounds, 3 steals. Uh, he claims, and Coach Smith claims, they didn't know but was on the line until after the game. They didn't realize he was that close to a triple-double. It would have been the first triple-double by an Aggie since 1988. Crazy. Isn't that crazy how long it's been between? That's a very rare occurrence in college basketball. Yeah, Yeah, he was incredibly close. A couple people need to make some layups. Make a three. Help him out. Bean, just stay on the ground. Go to the other side of the court. Don't worry about the rebound. Look, everybody, especially the starters, they all seem to be more dialed in. Yeah, uh, more comfortable with their flow. It didn't. It just didn't look like a frustrated team last night, like it did on on Monday or a Tuesday night. They looked like a frustrated team, and they just couldn't quite get anything going. Um, Marco Anthony started off attacking. He was aggressive, but nobody else was there. And then eventually, they started to figure Marco out and slow him down. And Nobody ever really got back in sync. But last night, a different story. And really, going uh, Craig Smith going a lot more with his starters. And uh, that was his personnel decision that he kind of alluded to after the game on Tuesday. And here's what uh, he had to say after the game about riding his starters and letting them go. Uh, you know, the first half, I thought, I thought Bear still played pretty well and gave us a bit of a spark. I thought when he went into the game the second time, our offense really started to flow and we got into a really good rhythm um, that way. Um, Steven, Steven did a good job too. Um, obviously, he had a couple tough nights um, the last couple games, and that's going to happen when you're a freshman. You know, you get those moments that way, but he's a competitor, made a big three in the in the left corner there. And, and – and Fonz and Trevin. Trevin played in the second half as well. But, you know, at the end of the day, it just felt like we were going to ride those guys. I thought I thought those three guards specifically had a really good look to them. And we were really handling the ball. And and sometimes you just got to ride with the veteran guys. And, and I thought they performed in a great way. It wasn't something that was consciously done, you know, at halftime. But in my mind at the same time, it just felt like Brock has been playing at such a high level. Raleigh was playing very, very well, and um, and as was Marco. And Marco, of course, didn't play a whole lot in that first half. Marco, of course, didn't play a whole lot in that um, first half with the foul trouble, so I knew he was going to be fresh. So it wasn't like it was a crazy up-and-down game. 
um, with a ton of high pace. There was a lot of slower, longer possessions. So we just rode with those guys and um, we were able to ride them home to a dub. Ride them home to a dub. That's what they did. Uh, look, Anderson, he played 12 minutes. Dorius, seven. Barstow, eight. Ashworth, five. I mean, that's what you got off your bench. Um, but every starter was 30 minutes or more. It's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, he went, he went, and by the way, how about Ashworth? Uh, how about Ashworth? Uh, didn't play a whole lot. I mean, that's just, no. it's crazy. See him sit the bench out. I keep thinking, oh, they're going to bring him back in. Oh, they're going to bring him back in. Oh, never. Not once. Yeah, we've seen games where he's he's logged 20 minutes. And last night, it was only five. Yeah. So the, the, the game plan was we're going to run some more sets so they know what they're supposed to do, clean up the turnover problem, get some guaranteed buckets. And that worked. It was a great recipe. It, it uh, translated into a lot more flow, more confidence. Yeah. Uh, they were able to turn defensive stops into offense. Um, and uh, they had 31 made field goals. None of those on those thirty-one made field goals, twenty-one assists. Wow, not a lot of one-on-one ball no. going on. Which, by the way, Nevada got into really, really quickly when they got down ten. They immediately went to ISO ball, where hey, set me a screen and I'm going to dribble for twenty seconds and try to create something on my own, and it did not go well. I mean that. I mean that game went down pretty hit quickly when the Rebels started playing selfish basketball, and I mean, go figure, right? Although I'm. I kept saying the Aggies played UNLV on Tuesday night. It was Monday night. This feels like it's been a long week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just I wanted to show a contrast, um, which isn't really that big of a contrast, but on uh, on Monday, 20 made field goals off of 11 assists. Whew. So, I mean, 21 assists last night compared to 11 on Monday. Wow. But they were making their oh, shots. Wow. That was a big yeah, difference, that, too. That they were making their thing. shots. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, three four two six. I texted in. He said, shoot a better three-point percentage than a field goal percentage and hit the front end of your one-on-ones, and you should win every time. He's right. <laughs> like, don't go two for 50 from three. Shoot 52%, which is what they did from deep. Shoot 50% from the field, which is what they did. And you're going to win a ball game. Absolutely. I'm, I'm with three four two six. That is spot on. Wear a creamsicle jersey. <laughs> have you seen our text line? <laughs> we might have made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's creamsicle what? Yeah, wear a creamsicle jersey and pewter pants with and a stick of a feather in your hat and call and when, and call yourself a Bucks fan. <laughs> that's the old that's the old there Bucks you, jerseys. There you go. It's true. If you're a lifelong guy, then oh, you, man. you have to do. Text line's lighting up. Keep keep the text coming, by the way. We're gonna get to him, I swear. Sorry. We'll get to him. Um, yeah, no, I just, again, the three-point shooting was phenomenal. I mean, absolutely phenomenal. Well, they had their looks on Monday. They just yeah. weren't, they weren't falling. Not uh, falling But they did a lot of other things, too. Uh, they cut down on the turnovers. They were more deliberate. Now, the turnover number at the end is 13, and uh, it, it looks like, oh, there's another game that's in the teens with turnovers. But some of those came late in the game when – UNLV started pressing. They're not excusable. These still shouldn't shouldn't happen. Yeah. 
But uh, like Marco Anthony dribbles it off his foot. Um, somebody stepped on the line on an inbounds pass. Yeah. Uh, there's a few little things. One went off his knee. Yeah. Yeah. That just UNLV's pressing, trying to get back into the game, and, and Utah State got a little lax. I give UNLV some credit, but um, that other otherwise, other than that little stretch there. Utah State played a lot cleaner game. Oh yeah, I'll last take night. I'll take last night's game over Monday's game anytime, absolutely anytime. Uh, five four seven seven texted in as Eric was describing how USU played last night. I couldn't help but think the description matched perfectly for the Utah Jazz as well. They were looking comfortable and locked in last night. Yeah, good point. There are a lot of comparisons. Um, the Jazz had a great flow. Uh, guys were slinging the ball all over the place. <laughs> um, a lot of guys getting involved. Uh, you look at the Jazz, 42 makes, and they had 20 assists. Wow. Um, so just uh, – but the bigger thing there was just uh, guys were crazy hitting their shots. Like yeah. Joe Ingles, they just kept leaving him open. Yeah. So he kept sticking All it night. in their eyes. Which is crazy. Garnum. Jeez. It's incredible. And Jordan Clarkson was just on fire. Dude, that guy is your sixth man of the year. If if at this point, and by the way, ESPN has the odds for Quinn Snyder winning coach of the year at plus 2,500. So he hasn't moved up at all since the first of the year, which is incredibly a shame. Jazz right now, the number one team in the NBA. Not just in the Western Conference, in the NBA. Enjoy it for now because it will change. It will. They're going to lose to Denver on Sunday. They're going to get smoked by Denver on Sunday. They got back-to-back games versus the Clippers and Lakers, uh, February 13th to 14th, I think. That's going to be tough, both in L.A. They got like a two-week stretch there yeah, in, it's, in it's February all where it's like and it is mean. one really good team after another. Yep, absolutely. Um, 5-4-7-7, Rudy was playing like a beast worth of $205 million. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Rudy's game, how he stepped Man. up his offense, offensive game this year. It's been, been so, so good, yeah. So fun. Yeah, he and been, Mike Connolly have been the two most consistent guys night in and night out for the Utah Well, I Jazz. hope so. They're the two most paid guys on our team, too, so I hope they actually play well. <laughs> God. Um, oh, 2787. Uh, going back to my Bucks conversation. Hey, a Bucks fan, Patriot fan, when Brady goes to the Jets, a lifelong Jets fan. <laughs> no, absolutely not. If he goes to the Jets, I will burn my Bucks jersey. Two seven eight seven. I don't know if you and I have the same power AJ has, but let's try to speak it into existence. No, no, no. Tom Brady. No, Eric to the Jets. Eric. What Eric. better way to go down as I'll the greatest leave. of all I time? I swear to life, I'll leave. I to hate win a championship. That team in New York at a place me? that's been I so. Who, I don't bad. know who I hate more, BYU or the Jets, because it's pretty darn close. Two four one seven. RJ, what are you smoking? Peyton Manning is a first ballot all day. Even as a Bears fan, I see that. Do I have to admit it though? I can't stand that guy. I hate his commercials. They're dumb. I hate his nationwide stuff. I'll never do insurance with them because of him. Oh, come on now. I'm ser- I am not a Peyton Manning guy. Peyton's a great pitch man. Yeah. Well, he I throw better footballs than he does. <laughs> There's a few uh, million people who might disagree with that. Are you serious? Did you see how he threw him? Just knew he threw a lot of footballs. Lobs. A lot of touchdowns. Lobs. Off of those. Uh, five seven six three. So is a ringmaster wearing his Boise State jersey. Oh. Just joining the show. Okay. Wanted to follow up okay. on the guarantee. 
No one cares. We have nothing. We have nothing. We have no proof. No proof, I tell you. Boise State's going to win by 10-plus points in game one. (laughs) In game one. Right there. You said it. In game one. (laughs) Boise State's going to win by 10-plus points in game one. Not in game two. (laughs) Fetch, I did say it. Right there. Dang it. Boise State. Wait, is this a guarantee or is this that special magic trick where you speak things into existence? (laughs) Stop it. Don't you dare. (laughs) This is a guarantee. Boise State's going to win by 10-plus. (laughs) <laughs> Boise loses by, by 22 <laughs> Along with Donovan Mitchell uh, I hate let's you so bad go. Shame on you Let's go 115-101 Dallas Okay, so uh, five seven six three. I've been caught red-handed. <laughs> I've committed a crime, and I shall suffer the punishment. I am going to wear a Boise State jersey. I'll take a photo and we'll put it on our social media or whatever. Uh, this is the lowest moment of my life, uh, of my sports life. Oh, I, if Tom Brady goes to the Jets, it will definitely say, surpass let's, that. Let's, let's it's hang not on happening now. though. Do you understand me? It's not going to happen. 2787. Jets, Jets, Jets. I swear, 27. And you're going to look good in green. You know what? We're going to block. Where's the block button here? There's going to be a block button somewhere. Block that person, Eric. Shame on you. 5477. As a Jazz fan, thank you, IJ, for the Denver guaranteed loss. I will now be putting my money on no, the Jets. No, wait, no. You just said it. No, well, okay. Jazz are going to lose at Denver. I. Well, I didn't. I haven't guaranteed it yet. I'm actually thinking about guaranteeing it, though. We might. We might have to put out the siren here later uh, tomorrow. Stand by with the siren, because Eric Jokic and Murray are better than. Uh, I mean, some of the backups we got. I think they're. A, I think they're a great basketball team. Extremely tough. Wait, Jokic, Jokic and Murray are better than some of the backups we've got. Yeah. <laughs> so. So, and Jokic. These are, these are all-stars, Yo- and you're saying and, they're better than some of the backups the and Jazz have. Jokic is, would you say, I would say Jokic is better than Gobert. Uh, yeah. All-around? An all-around player? Yes. The passing ability of Jokic. He does have, that does separate him from Rudy. The shooting ability from the perimeter. Yeah, but overall scoring, I would give it to Jokic. Hmm. Hmm. I would probably would have to agree that Jokic is a more overall mm-hmm. well-rounded player. Mm. Rudy has the advantage defensively. Hmm. But. Still, I like the Jazz as a team. I think Denver has lost some really key pieces. Yeah. Michael Porter Jr. is just a wild card every night. <laughs> he could be really, really good, or he can be Casper the Friendly Ghost. And they traded Torrey Craig, haven't they? Did they trade that Craig guy? Torrey Craig is gone. Jeremy Grant is gone. That's unreal. Plumley is gone. gone. Plumley didn't. I mean, he was all right. Well, he provided some aggressive defense. He was better than Tony Bradley that we had on our team. <laughs> That's true. Uh, 2417, please, when we play as a team, we can beat Denver easy. 
yeah, but you need to be consistent too. We uh, played Denver last, already once, haven't we? Last night was great for the Jazz to uh, to get that win to prove they can do it as a team. They can win as a team. They've got a lot of weapons. They can beat. They don't have other teams, other opponents. They don't have to rely on their all star Donovan Mitchell. Uh, they've played already once, haven't they? Yes, and the Jazz won. By how much? In Denver. Uh, it was a close game. Uh, it was a Jazz by four. And this uh, will be the 109 first one. 109 to 105. Yeah. Jazz won 109 to 105. All right. And, but, I mean, Donovan Mitchell did turn it on late. Took him a while. Jamal uh, Murray did kind of a disappearing act. Yeah. And, but, but Jamal won't do that again against the Jazz. Really? I don't know. No. Part of my pick six. Uh, two, four, one, Murray seven. finished with 30. Jokic had 35. Ah. Nobody else in a Nuggets uniform had double figures. Jeez. I'm telling you, like, Craig and, and uh, Grant being gone just kills that team so much. Crazy partners are still in the race. Jazz, by contrast, had six guys in double figures. They're led by Jordan Clarkson off the bench. There are three better teams in the league than the Jazz. Okay? Uh, no, sorry. You'll have to explain why. There because are right three, now they own the, the, the number one. Hold on. There are three better teams in the Western Conference than the Jazz. Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets. Clippers have lost a few because they've had their two key guys out because of contact tracing. The Nuggets ahead of the Jazz? I don't know. I just I, I don't see it. I think they're a better team. I don't I disagree. I mean, by the way, they beat us when we had a three games to one lead last year. Denver Nuggets are eleven and seven on the year. They have won their last five, so they're on a bit of a, a hot streak right now. But the Jazz right now, man, they're so fun to watch. Run on cue, 5-7-6-3. The Jazz are so fun to watch right now. They're truly playing as a team. They're making it look easier to blow by their opponents. They, they are making it look easy. But let's play a team like Denver. Is that in Denver or at home? It's in Denver. It's a tough one. It's a Again, tough one. which is odd, but they play them in Denver both times. So far this year. That is tough. Uh, wow. Yeah. All right. What's the line? Uh, it's probably too early to be said, isn't it? Yeah, or? I don't know if they have that one. Mm. I don't even know if they have tomorrow's. Oh, I'd hope they have tomorrow's already, but... Yeah, the Jazz game against the Mavericks on Friday has not yet been set. So there's no Sunday's way. game has not yet been said either. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, and tomorrow's an eight o'clock start on ESPN. Yep. Uh, it's I like I like the Jazz chances in this one. I really do. I think the Jazz. I I like their chances in this one. Against the Mavericks. Yeah, I do. Absolutely. I think at Denver's going to be a struggle though. And then they have what? They have one at home, and then they're on a three-game road trip. In Atlanta, Charlotte, and then Indiana, home against Boston, Milwaukee, and Miami. Whew. You're right, Eric. 
I mean, look at this stretch. You're right. You're spot on, Eric. From February 7th to February 26th, it's at Indiana, at Indiana, home against Boston, Milwaukee, Miami, Sixers, on the road, Clippers twice, home against Charlotte, and Lakers. They don't go to L.A. to play Lakers because they play the Clippers twice. Um, homing in Charlotte Lakers and then on the road at Miami, Orlando, New Orleans, Philadelphia. Dude, that is brutal. Here's the thing, though. Miami Heat, they're only 6-11. and 11. They've lost four in a row. It's kind of shocking. Yeah. yeah. That's just a point. You know what, though, dude? Indiana. Spol- but you know what with the Heat? They're the number three team Spolster in the East. Spolster always turns it on toward in the second half of the season. Like, he, he does this every doggone year. Where in the second half, he's like, all right. It's like the Cardinals in the playoffs or uh, Brady in the second half of any football game. Except the fourth quarter in a championship game. Really? Last week. Oh, last week. Oh, so you're talking about one one quarter last week. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I want to make sure. He was terrible. Uh, 2603 text in. It's a new year with a new team. We have good wins in this win streak, including the Clippers and the Mavericks. Those are two good wins, too. And the Nuggets. Yeah. Did we beat the Nuggets in this streak? Yes. We really did? Mm-hmm. D- Jamal Murray won't have that bad of a game again. Oh, and 5-7-6-3 text in says the Bucks as well. That's Jamal right. Jamal Murray did I mean, he finished, like you said, he finished with 30 points that day. But wasn't, he didn't, he shot a lot, didn't he? I mean, Jokic had 35. Yeah. If they get some help from their bench. So during this winning streak, they beat the Mavericks. They beat the Warriors who are a top-eight team in the NBA. Uh, they beat um, the Nuggets. They beat the Cavaliers, which are a top-eight team in the East. They beat the Bucks. So, yes, they've beat some, some good teams during this stretch. Playing good basketball. Anchored by Rudy Gobert. Night in and night out, guy brings it. Mike okay. Connolly has uh, really gotten comfortable with how to play alongside of Rudy. Because, look, for most of his career when he was in Memphis, he had a center who would go out and do pick and pop, not pick and roll. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so uh, it's taken him a little bit to figure that out, and it's been, it's been so fun to watch. Who's been more valuable in this winning streak? Rudy Gobert or Jordan Clarkson? Um, ultimately, I'd say more Rudy Gobert. Wow. I think Just Clarkson. because defensively the team can funnel guys yeah, to Rudy. That's a good point. And then they have to back out or they have to yeah. challenge him and they get blocked. Yeah. Clarkson, for me, scoring off the bench, like we said, we talked about it before. Just, I mean, you cringe when Donovan Mitchell or Bojan Bogdanovic go out. Like, you, you cringe and you worry. Now it's not the case anymore. Like, our bench has been great because Clarkson is on this tear right now. And it's been great to have consistent scoring from starters to bench. And right. no, There's not that big production. of a letdown, yeah. if any letdown. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break here on the Full Court Press. We want to come back our pick six. Let's get into the six things we think might happen this weekend. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the Utah State Aggies with their big win on the road at UNLV and just how in, how big and important was that win for the Aggies and then the updated standings in the NBA as well. It's all coming up on the Full Court Press. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.
Eric France and Andre Salveson here on the Full Court Press, 435-339-0321. Or message us directly through the 106.9 The Fan mobile app. Free to download, easy to listen to us wherever you may be. Hey, I like this text from 5338. Uh, I'm worried about the Miami coaches and players coming to Utah State. Once they realize that Logan is not South Beach, they'll burn rubber out of town. I think winning fixes everything, though. Right? Like, winning gets rid of the, oh, I wish I was in South Beach. Winning gets rid of the cold weather feeling. Winning fixes a lot of problems. There's a variety of reasons why one player may choose to transfer away from his current situation to somewhere else. Yeah. And when it, when it, uh, it, it, there tends to be something similar when they leave a Power Five program and go to a group of five team, it usually means. I'm doing this because I'm not so sure my spot yeah. is going to be there. I'm not sure that I'm even going to get playing time. Yeah. I want to go somewhere where I can play, where I can make a difference, where I can be somebody. Yep. And so uh, we've seen it. And Utah State has proven a pretty good success rate of when those guys leave those types of programs and come to Logan, they can have good numbers and sometimes even help get themselves to the NFL. Whereas in those other places, they'd be parked on special teams. Yeah. Yeah, and again, these are, I mean, some of these guys are pretty high-star players in the star rankings, whatever that means, but um, you're right. You either get buried on the depth chart and sit there for three years until it's your turn, if they give you a turn, or you come here to Utah State and immediately get a shot because you're one of the best athletes on the team if you prove that to this coaching staff. Right, that's it. You have to still prove yourself. Just because you got recruited by a Power 5 program and went there doesn't mean you're going to be a Power athlete that's going to be the role having the uh, red carpet rolled out for you yep absolutely uh 3426 going back to the hardwood i usually don't toot the horn of doug Gottlieb. neither do i trust me i don't like him but as he announced the game for utah state last night he said it was the best team basketball he had seen of an nba player ever and wooster was a smart version of sam merrill he also compared Justin Bean to Gordon Hayward. I'm not sure how I felt about no, that. No, he didn't. It was his play-by-play uh, oh, play play uh, compadre. Yeah, and then really? Gottlieb was like, "Oh, wait, wait oh, a minute." Okay, that was okay. Yeah. I heard that. Doug, and I was like, Doug was calling him out, but like, didn't no, Doug no. say something about like Wooster and Provo or something like a rec <laughs> yeah, league? He said he looks. Did I read like, your tweet right? Yes, he says uh, Raleigh Wooster looks like somebody who'd be playing in an adult league in I don't know Provo. <laughs> it was like what what. I guess you, <laughs> I'm not even sure how to take that. I kind of wonder what Worcester looks like when he shaves his beard, though. He's got to wow. shave that thing. Yeah, it's getting a little uh, gangly. Yeah. Uh, but when he was talking about uh, Justin Bean early in the broadcast, saying he he is a complete basketball player. I Which don't think I, he. I think there may be a misquote here about an <clears throat> NBA player. Um, because but, here's the thing. But with, he talked about how um, his uh, shooting's Justin got Bean, better. Looks like he's a, he's a complete basketball yeah, player. And he loves everything about Justin Bean and how he approaches the game and how he plays in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, five eight six zero text in. Ingles was on fire last night, unguarded. One wanted to share a stat that blew my mind. Please do. He says five eight or me says Tom Brady is more likely to make the Super Bowl career, which is forty seven percent, than Ingles is to make a three forty percent from his career. So 5860 wow. says, yeah, Ingle can make buckets when he's not being guarded. Guard him and it's not happening. It's fun to uh, to sometimes look at different stats across different sports. Uh-huh. So that, that's cool. That's I like that. Stat. Tom Brady's more likely to make the Super Bowl 
47% of his career. By the way, that is just freaking crazy. Then Ingles is to make a three. Uh, so, by the way, did you see uh, Joe Ingles? Did he is he one away or did he tie John Stockton for most threes by a Jazz player career? So he's going to surpass John Stockton. I don't know, but I saw the uh, smart aleck comedy made about uh, <laughs> uh, post game about uh, you know we're not as unsalvageable as people think. Did you see that? Uh. Yeah, he just you know he's. Kind of doing a nice little shot over there at uh, at Mr. Wojnarowski in his report. Yeah, Rudy had an interesting hashtag. Dude, I'm telling you, like you've hurt the wrong team. That team sitting there, like they hear everything, they read everything, they may tell you they don't, but they do. And then they're like, "Let's go make a mockery out of these guys." And now they have the best record in the league. The crazy thing is, like places like ESPN don't want to talk about it because it's. It's Salt Lake City, and it's the Utah Jazz, and it's not sexy enough. Yeah. I want to talk about Steph Curry hitting a three-pointer. Like, uh, um, Steph Curry hitting a three doesn't do me any good. Utah Jazz on a winning streak of 10, right? Are we at 10 now? Yeah. Hopefully to be 11 tomorrow, and then that will end Sunday. So 11 straight wins will be nice. The Jazz win last night did lead Scott Van Pelt's sports center. Oh, it did? So that was good. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Thank you, SVP. Uh, so yeah, it will be at eleven. Then it will end on Sunday, which is okay. <laughs> All right, but that's a great winning streak, and that gives you a little bit of room in that one through four ceiling. So, yeah. Hey, Ajay, let's get into uh, the other things we think might happen this weekend, shall we? Yes. Oh wait, sorry. Three, four, two, six. Not all is Tom Brady more likely to make it to the Super Bowl. He has a better lifetime career average than Steph Curry does a three point career average. You know. As a uh, lifelong Patriots fan and a Bucks fan, I have found you know that he has not changed. He's still the great Tom Brady. Um, and I Facebook message him a couple of times and let him know mm. to not change anything that he's doing. And I usually what I like to do it's a pre tradition for Super Bowl is that I usually write him um, a motivational speech and I send it to him. Um, he's pretty busy, so he doesn't have time to respond back yet. You stuff it in a bottle, put a little cork on it, and. Throw it out into Eric, Hiram Dam. It's on Facebook, okay? I reach out to him on Facebook. I write him a motivational speech to be great. You know, I take some quotes from, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. and such, and I inspire him. And I'm sure he reads it, and he means to write me back, but he's just a tad busy. So I'm sure that's the difference. Yeah, I'll reach back out to him here, uh, here in about a week or so, and uh, I got another speech written for him. Hey, I forgot to mention one thing uh, from 5338's comment about uh-huh. Logan is not South Beach. It, which is yes, painfully true. <laughs> Man, how no, this time of year, how much I wish it was South Beach. Um, but look, Utah State has had success getting athletes from Florida coming to Logan, Utah, and they have succeeded, and they've performed very well. So, I think maybe people get too wrapped up in the Logan's a different place. It's cold. Um, it's not California. It's not Florida. Yes, all those things are true. But when it comes to football and being able to succeed in that sport and at your position, a lot of these guys, it's a different story. They want to be able to come and play and win. If they And these coaches are figuring that out. They don't want guys to come here for ulterior motives. They don't want them to come here because it's a big party school or it's got a great geographical location and a tropical 
<laughs> weather. Yeah. They want him to come here to play football, to work hard, to win games. So they they do a pretty good job of ferreting that out pretty early on. And you know what you're getting into when you come to Logan. Like, I'm going to sugarcoat it. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you know what you're coming to. These coaches don't want to waste their time and energy recruiting somebody, trying to get him to come here, and then try to tuck that away somewhere and not mention that. It's not... Yeah, I just I don't really get into that. There's been too many great players come to Utah State from warm weather climates, from different yeah situations. That yes, they are kind of fish out of water in the social scene outside of football. But when it comes to coming here to play and succeed, if that's what they really want to do. They're, they figure it out, and they find their way, and they can have success. There's just been too many of those players that have done that that I think that like, I'm not going to get overly concerned about somebody who transfers from Miami thinking, oh, this guy's going to burn rubber and leave town. If he does, then he wasn't meant to be here anyway. By the way, that defense for the Aggies this upcoming year is going to be absolutely a you-know-what to deal with from an offensive standpoint. They are going to wreck some teams. And if I dare say, um, you might see, I honestly think you could see a couple shutouts. That defense is going to be extremely talented, very good, very fast, very physical, very aggressive. Can't wait to see them light teams up. They're going to be really good. Yeah, watch out for those guys. It's going to be fun to watch. I can't wait, Eric. Amen. Totally agree. Actually, we'll do this. Let's call a timeout, and when we come back, we'll get into our pick six. Okay. Well, we're up against a break. We need to play that. And um, Are you going to throw it? What do you mean am I going to throw it? Um, I guarantee. RJ, I play to win the game. A full court press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and Ajay Salveson here on the Full Court Press. 435-339-0321 or messages through the 106.9 The Fan mobile app. Kind of a quiet first hour, but you guys have picked it up. It's been great. Love the interaction, as always, from our uh, listeners. Look, I, I, I don't apologize for Boise State. Because I had confidence in you that you wouldn't suck for 40 minutes of basketball. <laughs> so when I guarantee you're going to win, I dang well expect you to take care of business. You guaranteed the Mavericks, too. Well, that wasn't my entire fault. That was kind of your fault. You led me on to believe that they'd be worse. Or, Jazz were going to be doing it without Donovan and Derek. Yeah, you led me on. Yeah, that's more oh, your fault. Oh, my fault. Okay. Uh, 6804. Eric, you were talking about, uh, you brought up a great, great point. Maybe I should let you read this text. Uh, glad you guys are talking about the impact weather has on recruiting. It doesn't matter what the sport is, but coming from Ohio, recruits come for the culture, the tradition. They don't come for the weather. Columbus, Ohio weather sucks in general, <laughs> but Ohio State still recruits with the best of them. And and by the way, he's right about the weather. I was I lived there for two years on a mission, and the weather is up and down, but it's absolutely gorgeous in Columbus. I love, 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 love Columbus, Ohio. But he's right. 
It's all about the tradition. It's about the prestige. It's about being an Ohio State Buckeye, right? You walk into the facility and you see Ohio State. You ignore the nine feet of snow that you're out there in and the minus five degree weather. And that's not an exaggeration. I think 6804 would agree with me on that. But it's about being a Buckeye and the prestige that it has with it. And I think when, you know, Aggies have built, started to kind of build a tradition. I know it's kind of went down the last two years. Um, but when you come in in here and you have a chance to play for Coach Anderson, for Coach uh, uh, Al, for Chucky and this staff, and you get to be an Aggie and you get to know what that's about, that does mean something. And for these kids have an opportunity to start and to be and to have significant playing time could be really, really big as well. So five three three eight uh, replies. Rayshad Lewis came Ray. clear across the country to play football, and after one year, went back closer to home to play for a terrible team. I don't know if that didn't have anything to do with something other. Well, I guess I, I think see there are a variety of things. That yeah, maybe there. I see what five three three eight is pointing out, though. Sure, but okay, that's one instance. Uh, but what about all the other guys that were from Florida who came here and stayed and succeeded? Yes, guys are going to transfer every year. It happens every year. Um, but are they all, everybody who's ever come from Florida said, I can't handle the weather here. I'm going to leave. No. Yeah. Yes, there's going to be instances here and there. But it's not just because of the weather. Culturally, yes, it's a, it's an issue Some for some guys to get the feel for how it is here. Um. But some actually like it because it the, keeps them out of trouble from maybe some potential other places where they could go. All right, uh, switching gears. Let's get to our pick six, Ajay. The six things we think might happen this weekend. Are you ready to eat my dust? After you threw airheads at my head. Oh, I didn't even throw them at your head. And they caused landed three a real feet scene. on the ground. It didn't cause a you scene. You caused a scene. You had Carolina jumping out of her chair. Oh, she's fine. She was afraid for her life. She was not afraid. She thought things were exploding in the office. No, she. there's a wall in front of you. You couldn't see anything. I was right there. You didn't have to see it. It's she, what, the sound that it made. No, you're, the sound that it made was the airheads, not her screaming out of her mind like she's watching a scary movie. She was fine. She looked at me and laughed. She thought it was funny that I got you. She thought it was hilarious. All right, since you were so upset about a stat that blew my mind, I'm going to let you go first. Thank you. So you're deferring kickoff. Wow. Okay. Even though it's I a won mind last game. week. It's a mind game, you're saying. All right, Jazz Mavericks Sunday. No, sorry, Friday. Um, sorry, Jazz Nuggets Sunday. Okay. At Denver. A little bit of revenge on the Nuggets' mind. Denver, seven and a half. Over, under. So Denver over the Jazz. Seven and a half. So I'm going to take the... Uh... Yeah. Yeah, you're <laughs> thinking about it, aren't you? Yeah. Welcome to the dark side. I'm going to take the over. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you, everybody. Eric just said the Nuggets are going to beat the Jazz on Sunday by seven-plus points. I'm going under. Take that, you filthy animal. All right, what do you got next? How about that? Um, all right. Uh, so I thought the Super Bowl was a Sunday, and it's not, and that's a shame. So I kind of reset myself. 
and how to find a new one. Uh, we we are gonna go. Ooh, there's a couple of good college basketball games. All right, we're gonna go uh, Kansas and Tennessee. This is in Knoxville at the Thompson Boiling Arena. Tennessee's eleven and three on the season. Kansas by six plus six. Sorry, I don't know what I just said there. Kansas by six over Tennessee. Six, just straight up six. Yeah, six. What if it's a tie? You have to say a half. Okay, fine. Sorry. Yeah, so five right. and a half or six and a half. Seven, six and a half. Six and a half. Over under. Uh, I'm going to take the under. I am going to take the under as well. All right. Okay. Now for our final one. Uh, we're going to go to Sunday again. Nope. Sorry. That was the wrong day. I apologize. Uh, let's go back to Saturday. My bad. That's on me. I apologize. Do you not prepare these? You just Lakers look and to see Celtics. What's going hey, on? you know what? I'm trying to do my pick six. You want to shut it? Okay. Lakers and Celtics. LeBron James. Uh, 24 and a half points over under. 24 and a half? Yep. This is a TD Garden in Boston. Uh, I'm going to say under. I'm going to say over. Okay. Those are your three lines. Here are mine. David Roddy was a one-man wrecking crew for the Rams against the Broncos last night. Oh, that's one I should have done. That's a good one. So game two in their series. Roddy rebounds versus Boise State. Setting the line at 12 and a half. Points, Roddy, 12 and a half, over. No, rebounds. Oh, geez, under. I said points. I heard that at the end. David Roddy rebounds. I'm watching the MLB profane Boise injections. State uh-huh. at 12 and a half. Yeah, under. All right, I'm going to take the over. Uh, the rebound margin between the Utah Jazz and the Dallas Mavericks tomorrow night, 12 and a half. Utah Jazz will out-rebound the Dallas Mavericks by 12 and a half. Over. I'm going to say under. And then Boyan Bogdanovich shot attempts at the Denver Nuggets on Sunday. Boyan Bogdanovich shot attempts at Denver on Sunday okay. at 12 and a half. Over. I'm going to say under. Okay, so Denver over the Jazz on Sunday by seven and a half points. I took the over, you took the under. Kansas over Tennessee uh, six and a, by six and a half points. We both took the under. LeBron James versus the Celtics, 24 and a half points. I went under, you went over. David Roddy rebounds versus Boise State tomorrow. Uh, 12 and a half. I went over. You went under. Rebound margin by the Utah Jazz over the Mavericks at 12 and a half. I went under. You went over. And then Boyan Bogdanovich shot attempts at Denver at 12 and a half. I took the under and you took the over. So that's our pick six for this weekend. We'll see how it all goes on Monday. We'll uh, recap 
and see who's bringing treats. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. Eric France and Ajay Salveson. Hey, just uh, some final thoughts here before we uh, finish off the hour. Um, just a really great win for Utah State. Yeah. Doing something that few Aggie coaches have been able to do historically. Only three times, is it? Three times in Aggie history has anybody been able to win in Las Vegas. 3-19 overall now. I just... <laughs> Three nineteen. You so think about crazy. the great Aggie teams who've been there, and it just can't get out of the win. That is a big chunk of that were the Big West days when UNLV was just an incredible national force. Sure, yeah, but even then, those were great. But still, there's some talented Aggies team that still went there and lost. Yeah, played them tough, but a uh, great team win. It's, as Coach Smith emphasized after the game, um, Raleigh Worcester played out of his mind. A great effort from him. Uh, Keta kind of got back into a groove a little bit. Bean played really well. Just a lot of great contributions from a lot of different guys. Um, so uh, it was a really good night for the Aggies. Nobody in double. Nobody had a double double, but all five starters were in double figures scoring. Bean was close. He had thirteen points, nine rebounds. Raleigh, as we've talked about, close to a triple-double, 19 points, nine boards, nine assists. Um, but uh, a lot better ball movement, sharing the ball, unselfish play, cutting down on turnovers. Uh, it's a good sign for Utah State, yeah, especially heading absolutely. into a, a much-needed kind of a bye week, if you will. Yeah. Um, a full week off before they get back on the road to take on Fresno State. Yeah, it's it's gonna be key to have these next few days off. I'm sure Coach will plan the schedule around, giving him some rest, allowing him to recuperate, uh, get some body energy. Um, yeah. Hey, by the way, how about that throwdown? I know we talked about a little bit about it earlier. The throwdown by Brock at the end of the game, getting up. So I tweeted out that I was as, as I mean, and I looked, and I could not find that he had another dunk. And then one of the uh, members of the team staff texted me and said, "Hey." Uh, Brock wants you to know that he's had more than one dunk in his Aggie career. And I was like, great, I looked, but when? And then he gave me the games, and I was like, mm, oops. <laughs> there they are. UTSA uh, a year ago, and then Eastern Oregon two years ago, we had a dunk as well. Nice. I, I don't remember those, dude. I just... That would be good to see more of them. <laughs> it was pretty cool to see him. Hey, how about Raleigh's passing, by the way? Oh. Isn't it just incredible? I know you've tweeted about it a couple of times, and I didn't pay attention until then. But my goodness, just his vision is unreal. Uh, 2417, before we go, yeah. final thought. Peyton did not have to throw a good pass if he knew what the defense was going to do before they did it. Okay, but you can't lob it up there. I mean, I mean, dude, Welker's five yards away from him, and he's like, huh, and it's like five yards of a, like a lob. It takes like two seconds, five seconds to come down. I can throw a better ball than Peyton Manning, and that includes in his prime. Whoa! Yes, you're absolutely. on drugs. No, I am not. I can throw Kids a better ball. Don't than do Manning. drugs. I can. It will make you ha- say stupid. I guarantee cl- you, stupid claims. I guarantee you, and get you in trouble. 
What the drugs or the guarantee? <laughs> I guarantee you all. Don't don't guarantee anything. <laughs>